This is the Sports Bell, where the most controversial sports topics are discussed, debated, and argued from week to week. Now, here's your host, Jace Campbell. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back in another solo dolo podcast for me. Uh, going alone, Fog's not here today. It's a little bit later when we're recording this, so it is uh, just me tonight. Uh, but there are still things to talk about, and so I am still going to go through with this. Um, obviously, the biggest one being today, just at least a couple hours ago, actually, the rest of the NBA All-Stars were announced, the reserves for both the West and the East. And there's a couple shockers, a couple major shockers in my mind. Um, obviously, we saw the starters come out about a week ago, and in my opinion, I thought that the Luka one was a little bit of a head-scratcher over Lillard. Um, obviously, Lillard made it a reserve. Um, now, if you guys were... <laughs> I am literally recording this podcast probably 10 minutes after that Celtics Mavericks game where Luca just went absurd those last two possessions with those step back threes and won them the game. And that is what Luca can do for you. So I, I take back what I said about him not, I, I don't think I said him not deserving uh all-star starter spot because he's definitely a top player in the league. But this year, would I take Lillard over him? Yes. But Luca is an animal. That was a crazy finish. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that, you need to go check that out. It was, it was insane. Um, staying on, we'll start with the West since we've been talking about them. Uh, Lillard obviously got in. I think he was pretty much a lock in most people's mind. Um, should have been a starter in a lot of people's. So that would have been a shock if he didn't get in. Uh, Anthony Davis gets in. And, of course, I'm pretty sure they will be finding a reserve for him since he is injured and most likely won't be playing in the game. So we'll talk about that at the end once we get through the rest of the West. Paul George. So the Clippers got two. The Lakers got two. No surprise there. Uh, Clippers get Paul George in there. And he's having one of his better seasons of the year. He's be, He's back to the Paul George that people have known, and he's – helping that Clippers team be a top three team in the league. Jazz, the Utah Jazz, get two in. And I won't be too biased, but we'll get into who I think the reserve should be. I think they should have gotten three, and I think Conley deserves it. And, you know, Rudy and Donovan, I, I, I virtually thought they were locks. I guess some people might not have, but with how Utah's playing this year and the center pieces of that is one Donovan Actually, I might go one Rudy. I definitely would go one Rudy Gobert, two Donovan. Um, but, man, you cannot discredit my, what Mike Conley has done. When Mike Conley was hurt and struggling last year for the Jazz, you knew it. And the Jazz weren't that weren't as good last year. You know, they gave up a lot of bench pieces to acquire Mike Conley, and now he's finally playing up to that level. And, I mean, they're three games ahead of everyone in the West, and uh, they're the only team with single-digit losses left tw- at 25-6. and six. So uh, do I think three is a little bit much? Maybe, but and this could be me being biased again, but the Jazz deserved it, I, in my opinion. That's who I'm going to say should have gotten, should get Anthony Davis' spot. Now, 
we're going to get into this because I think Devin Booker should have gotten over Zion Williamson. I get it, Zion's flashy and stuff, but look at the Suns, man. No one thought the Suns would be at fourth in the West at 20 and 10. Um, and they could have easily gotten to. And Chris Paul got in, which I think is a little bit of a shocker. Chris Paul does, he's just Chris Paul. He does the Chris Paul th- what things. He's changed that culture. I don't think he should have gotten in over Mike Conley, though, or Devin Booker, his teammate. So for me, the Chris Paul and the Zion Williamson ones are head scratchers. Um, Devin Booker should be in there for Zion. Chris Paul could probably stay. Um, I personally would put Conley over him. I don't. I I see why they put Chris Paul in over him, but I think the re, the fill-in spot should be Anthony Davis. Now a lot of people are going to say John Morant. I just don't think John Morant is. I just, I don't know. I just, I know I said this last time, but for me, team record comes into play when some of this stuff happens. So. You know, the the coaches voted on this and players voted on this and stuff, and they're thinking, well, I mean, John Morant and the Grizzlies aren't doing too well. I mean, they're not one of those top teams like the Suns. They're not a big surprise like the Suns are. They're not a huge surprise like the Jazz are, being the best team in the league. So uh, John Morant maybe could have gotten in for the West, but I don't know. Okay. So moving on to the East, Celtics get two in. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. No surprise there. Harden gets in. So all three of the main three for the Nets get in. Um, and you know we talk about a team have is three too much, but when you have three guys of that caliber, no, it's not too much. Who else are you going to put in there over him? Um, Zach Levine gets his first All-Star appearance. Very, very deserving. Julius Randle, who's been balling out for the Knicks, very deserving. Ben Simmons, yeah, I, I I get it. I don't know how in the heck they didn't put Trey Young in over him, but they did. So that that's how it is. That's how it's going to roll. Um, I mean, the I yeah, the Sixers are first in the East, but how much of that is on Ben and how much of that is on Embiid. I would say a lot more of it's on Embiid than Simmons, but can't cut him out. And then Nikolai Vucevic for the Magic. Mm, I don't know. I don't follow the East as closely as I do the West just because I'm a Jazz fan and the Jazz are in the West. But Chris Middleton didn't get in. Um, Bam Adebayo didn't get in. So, I mean, there were some guys that were there that were left off that in my pit in my opinion probably could have been put on over Vucevic because now again we're getting into the argument that I mean what are what are the magic doing are the magic doing very good I don't think so I mean Vucevic is averaging 24 don't get me wrong he's not doing bad but I don't know Chris Middleton is doing Chris Middleton is just doing what Chris Middleton does, and he's helping the Bucks be a top two team in the uh, East too. I mean, Middleton's averaging twenty right around where he's been the last couple of years when he's been an All Star. So, I'm not going to take any way, anything away from Vucevic. I think he it's deserving and good for him that he got in um, his second All Star. I'm pretty sure he got in last year too. But man, uh, a lot of first timers, first time All Star appearances for the. 
Eastern Conference with Zach Levine getting his first, Randall getting his first, and Jalen Brown getting his first. And then on the flip side of that, no first-timers. Oh, sorry, Zion is a first-timer, obviously, in the West, which still is surprising. So I would have loved to have seen Mike Conley in there, uh, not just being a Jazz fan, but, I mean, the guy's played some of his best ball in his 14-year career, and he's never been an all-star. You would have liked to have seen that. It would have been a good story to get in. But, you know, it just didn't happen. So you can't complain. Uh, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that he gets in as the uh, replacement for Anthony Davis. I just don't know how they go past Booker. Um, so that, that's where I think they go. Booker's the obviously obvious pick. I'd be very shocked if they go like John Morant. That would be shocking. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of NBA players are acknowledging that Booker got snubbed. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure last year Booker got snubbed again. And when Damian Lillard wasn't playing, he said it had to be filled by Booker. So that's how Booker got his first one. Is that going to happen again this year? But a, a part of me as a competitor yeah, I'd want to get in, and if I really deserve to get in as that uh, next guy after Anthony Davis, then I take it. But as if I'm sitting there and my peers are just demanding for it and calling for it, I'm like, I obviously didn't deserve it. I mean, he does deserve it, but obviously, someone or some coaches don't think he does, which is crazy. So, yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to the NFL. Um reported asking price from the Seahawks for Russell Wilson came out and it starts at three first round picks starts at three. That's not the max. That is the starting price. So that could be three first. That could be four first. That could be three first in a second. That could be three first in a player. I mean, and I know I said this last time. I don't think Russell Wilson gets traded from the Seahawks, but I I do think it's worth talking because there's obviously frustration there. Um, the Seahawks have good weapons around him. DK Metcalf is good. Uh, um, who, who, why can't I think of the receiver? I'm totally drawing a blank other than Metcalf. Huh, oh, well, it'll come to me eventually. Um, I, I want to say, is it Tyler Lockett? I'm going to have to look this up. But Chris Carson is a pretty good running back. Um, Injury prone, yeah. But he still, when he's healthy, is good. So that is a good... It is Tyler Lockett. I knew I was somewhere close there. uh, And then if Josh Gordon can, you know, clean it up and get there, he's good. So what teams would I think Russell Wilson would be, you know willing to go to and what teams would be willing to give up three first. I, I think anyone should be willing to give up three first. I mean, if you are in a win now mode, then you should be willing to give it up. He's only 32, which is not old, but it's also not young. He's kind of there. And we saw it at the start of this year, he was in the MVP race for the first couple weeks. And, you know, carrying the Seahawks to probably a lot more than what they should have should do. 
with it with that offensive line. And if you put any other quarterback, especially one that's not mobile, they're not getting out of most of those sack situations that he is. So teams that could, I mean, if you're the um, Niners, and I, I, I would never see a uh, trade like this in a conference, pro- never or in her division, probably never even in her conference. But like, why wouldn't you give up three first for Russell Wilson to put you in that offense with Kyle Shanahan? Uh, the Colts, I know they just traded for Wentz. That would have made sense too. That would have been a good trade for the Colts. That's in the AFC. Um, the Patriots obviously are looking for quarterbacks. But if you're Wilson, you want you don't want to go to the Patriots unless you know that they're going to get an Allen Robinson, uh, um, Chris Godwin, Hunter Henry, so, uh, someone else in free agency that's going to help them because that offensive outside the offensive line, that's not doing that's not going to be ready to win unless there's significant changes. So for me, Russell Wilson has to kind of go to a win-now mode just with his age. Now, Deshaun Watson's different because he's still so young. Yeah, he obviously is looking to go to a better team, which everywhere he's going to go will probably be better than the situation currently right now in Houston. But he's young. He has time to win. He has time to go on and win a Super Bowl, and he has time to build a roster in the next couple years. If Russell Wilson goes to a team that isn't ready to win and wastes three years building a roster there and he's 35 and he hits the cliff like most of these quarterbacks do around then because, you know, he's already been sacked so much. He's taken hits. You can't run around forever, especially once you get up there in age. He might not be, he might not ever have a chance to win another another Super Bowl. So he's got to go to a spot where he feels comfortable that he can win now. The Niners obviously would be a good one. Um, I mean, why, if you're the Jets, why wouldn't you trade your number two overall pick if that was an option? Or the Dolphins, if the Dolphins can't get their hands on Watson, would you rather take your third overall pick or trade your third overall pick to a, and someone else for Russell Wilson? I, I don't know how you can turn down Russell Wilson. It's not a good long-term investment um, like Tua would be keeping Tua or someone, but if they really are in a win-now mode and they're trying to bet the donkeys or whatever they bet and go win the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson would definitely make them better as of right now for two, uh, than Tua would if they can't get Watson. So lot, lot, lots to discuss about Russell Wilson. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. I just don't know how he can go anywhere. He, he's a pretty loyal guy. He's committed to... He seems committed to the city of Seattle or the state of Seattle. No, it's a city. Yeah, Seattle. <laughs> Sorry. He seems committed, and I, I really do think that the Seahawks can improve that offensive line. There are targets out there. Trent Williams that wants Orlando Brown uh, wants out. So there are options to go uh, always through the draft, too. You, you just got to show him that you're willing to do it, willing to protect him and willing to listen to him and do something about it. Another quarterback, um, obviously the biggest talk of the NFL quarterback controversy, Deshaun Watson, and what he his situation is, and he has currently expressed and said that he would accept trades to three teams. Now, there could be more, but three teams, it could be, and it was the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Panthers. And I know we talked about all these teams, uh, 
a lot. Obviously, the Dolphins making the most sense for me. The Panthers making the least sense. Um, just with, I mean, if you're the Texans, you're going to have all three of those teams calling and offering you. So why wouldn't you take the th- the two or the three pick over the eighth pick? Because you know at two or three, you're going to be able to either get Wilson or Fields. If you get two, you're going to be able to choose from Wilson or Fields. If you get three, you're going to get whoever falls, or you still might have a slim chance of getting uh, having a choice of both of them. At eight, it gets a little slimmer. At eight, you start thinking, well, maybe Trey Lance might not even be there. There, I mean, uh, San Francisco could trade up ahead of you for that. So if I'm Houston, I I'm not thrilled by the trade for with Carolina unless like that trade we read off last time, it throws in Christian McCaffrey. Because for me, you're still going to have a glaring need at quarterback, losing to Sean Watson, obviously. And what are you, how are you going to fill that? You can go sign a Fitzpatrick for a year or two and then be back in the same spot? No, you got to get younger at the position. So you got it. They got to get some sort of low draft pick. And eight is not a high draft pick by any means. But this year for the quarterbacks, I guess if they feel comfortable with Lance and they think he'll be there, or maybe Mac Jones. Maybe they take Mac Jones higher than a lot of people think. And if Lance is off the board at eight, they do take Mac Jones. So, I mean, you never know how their how their thought process is. And maybe they do feel comfortable with that eight pick too, eighth pick too. But the crazy thing about that is two of those teams are AFC teams. And you would think that they'd want to take trade him out of the AFC. So that could favor in for the Panthers too, if those are the three main teams. If they do want to get him out of the AFC, uh, the Panthers are obviously in the NFC. And that would be a insane, insane division for quarterbacks. Say Drew Brees doesn't retire. You have Brees, Brady, Watson, Matt Ryan, or Justin Fields instead of Matt Ryan, or Zach Wilson, however the draft order works, or however the draft falls. That would be a crazy fun division to watch just with quarterback matchups alone. Carolina would still have to retain some talent on offense. You have DJ Moore, you have Curtis Samuel. These guys are going to be free agents. But if you, I mean, just alone, if you were able to keep McCaffrey and get into Sean Watson, you're looking good on offense. The the stuff you can do on offense with Deshaun and Christian McCaffrey would be lethal. And they obviously have Joe Brady. They have Matt Roll, who are the uh, OCs, the passing game coordinator, and Matt Roll, the new, who kind of are newer to the NFL. Still have that college mind, maybe, that would make things interesting down there. So that would be a interesting, interesting spot for them. One that's probably not talked about enough. I know the Dolphins and the uh, Jets are talked about a lot just because they make a lot of sense. For both teams, Dolphins the most make the most sense out of any team for me just with what they can give and the spot their team is in to a win-now spot. That defense is incredible. They, I mean, they turned it on last year. They're going to have Deshaun and free agency coming up. Who are they going to sign and bring in? Uh, they still have Devontae Parker. Gesicki at tight end is still emerging. So that spot still rings a little bit more than the Jets, even though the Jets could also have a bright future. Anyone's going to have a bright future signing Deshaun Watson. Anyone 
is going to say whoever whoever signs Deshaun is going to be ecstatic, and they're going to make whatever moves they can to keep him happy and to get him to a Super Bowl contender. So that is how I see it falling. I mean, there there's still a lot of time to draft isn't until the end of April and the start of, or is it the end of March? Start of April. I'm pretty sure it's the end of March, start of April. Uh, it is, oh yeah, end of April, start of May, sorry. So the first day, which we will be going live with and uh, on our Instagram, so make sure you follow that, will be Thursday, April 29th, and we'll just be reacting to the first round. And by then, hopefully, and by then we should know a lot of team situations with where they're going to go in the draft because that will be will be done with um, free agency by then. Most of it, the thick of it, the main parts. So that will be interesting to see. Uh, we'll have more mock drafts coming out right there, and hopefully, just more. Info in general to throw at you guys. Always new stuff coming. So, um, other than that, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, I know that it's kind of boring just to listen to one person's voice. So, we, I mean, I'm sorry about that. Just how it is. We'll get fog back on here towards the end of the week. Um, but I, I do think it is. A fun, you know, we're talking about trades and we're talking about offseason in the NFL, but the NBA is coming up on their trade deadline. And so there's some stars that, you know, and some pieces that could be moved around that could help team become championship contenders. Um, and so on this Bleacher Report um, article I just pulled up by Grant Hughes, it was just uploaded today, has four major, major deadline deals for the NBA, and, you know, some of these are big, and the first one is huge for me. Bradley Bill to the Golden State Warriors, and they don't have to give up Steph or Clay. So this would be kind of a smaller... So what they're giving up is Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and a 2021 first-round pick, which is top three protected. Uh, And it's from Minnesota, so that pick is most likely going to be a top three one. So that will go to 2022. Um, But if you're giving up Wiggins and Wiseman for Bill, yes, you're obviously adding a better player. But you're getting smaller, and how does that defense work? And who knows what's Clay going to look like when he comes back. The dude hasn't played in forever, and he's coming off two major injuries. So what is he going to look like, and is he going to even be the same Clay Thompson? So I think the trade makes sense, but if you're Bradley Bill... Wouldn't you want to go to a different team, not a different or not a different team, but like a team that could at least compete? Because I just don't see the Warriors competing at least not this year, not for the championship. Maybe they'll slip in the playoffs, and even if next year if Clay and Steph come back, you know, I mean, it would be a, a big three of shooters and scorers and guys that can just absolutely light it up from anywhere. But how does that dynamic work in a full eighty-two game season? The second one of these is Miles Turner in Miami. Um, Miami's kind of been struggling this year, a little bit of disappointment. They've picked it on as of late once Jimmy Butler's got healthy. 
But this is uh, Miles Turner to Miami for Tyler Hero, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2025 first-round pick. This one, this one's a little bit harder for me to swallow because Miami already has Bam, and Bam could have easily been an all-star this year. He was an all-star last year, and he helped that Miami team obviously get to the finals. And I think Miles Turner is probably better defensively and stuff, but how? Who, what are you going to do? Are you going to play super big ball with Turner and Bam? Or are you going to bring one of them off the bench? But now you're weakening your bench because you're getting rid of Tyler Hero, who can just torch the Nets when he's on, and he's a great young piece. I think if you're going to trade Tyler Hero, you can get more better positional value than Miles Turner. I just don't see a need for center for the Heat this year. So Bam is most likely going to get signed to an extension too. I'm pretty sure his, maybe he did get signed to an extension because he is coming up on his end of his rookie deal. Yeah, yeah. so he, in on in November of 2020, he signed a five-year extension. So what, just what do you do with Bam now if you acquire acquire Miles Turner. So it's tough. The next one is Vucevic, who was just named an all-star, a second all-star game, slots in as the Celtics center. Now this is dangerous. I, I really do. Obviously, uh, Boston has two all-stars with Tatum and Brown. And Kemba, who, when he's playing good, is at an all-star caliber. Uh, he's been a little lackluster this year. Uh, they're just really missing a true center. Tristan Thompson, I think, was a good add, but it's just it's not enough to get him to the finals and to win the finals. And then, obviously, Daniel Tice. So if they could get Vucevic, so Boston would be getting Vucevic in a 2023 second-round pick for a 2023 first and a 2025 first. So two firsts. Oh, this is actually a three-way trade. Sorry, I should have read farther. So Boston's getting Vucevic in the 2023rd. The Magic are getting a 2023 first and a 2025 first. Uh, and the 2025 is from the Knicks. And the Knicks are getting Daniel Tice. So the Knicks are really just giving up a first-round pick and getting Daniel. Oh, no, they're giving up a second-round pick and giving, getting Daniel twice. The Celtics are giving up two firsts for Vucevic. And Orlando's giving up Vucevic. So... For me, this makes sense. Uh, just talking about the Celtics and how they have been so close, and they lost Hayward, obviously a big piece, and they lost a couple other players. But if they could get a true solidified big man in there with Tatum and Brown as the centerpieces and your young studs, that is huge. That is big time. That would be a fun team to watch um, and a team to, that I would project probably to come out of the East. What, Maybe not over the Sixers, but it would make it a lot closer. I think they would pass the Bucks if this trade went through. And then the last one would be scary for the West if this were to happen. Zach Levine goes to the Nuggets. And this just makes a lot of sense. The Nuggets would get Zach Levine, and the Bulls would get Gary Harris, Bull Bull, RJ Hampton, a 2021 first-round pick. A 2022 and 2024 first. So it's a steep price. You're giving up three firsts and three players. And Gary Harris hasn't been as great as he was, especially uh, off that injury last year and in the bubble. So you're 
you're not giving up Michael Porter Jr. for this, which would be big for them because now if you have Levine um, on your roster, you probably don't need to start Michael Porter Jr. Maybe you still do it the four, but you could bring him off the bench and it would be a very, very comfortable spot for him, I think. I know Michael Porter Jr. wants to be a starter and he probably can be one day, but if he could be a six-man for that team, that's a good six-man right there probably top five, six man in the league if he can reach his potential. And I know he's still trying to improve on defense. So that is kind of the question mark I have, especially when it comes to being a starter. Does he have enough on defense to hold up against these? Because, I mean, in that series against Utah when I was watching, uh, obviously when they came back, but when Utah found a lot of their successes, they were attacking him in the pick and roll. They were getting switch-offs to get him on Donovan or get him on Conley or someone, and then they were just running the pick and roll, or Ingles would run the pick and roll with him on him, and he was still inexperienced. It was still kind of his first year, so he just wasn't quite sure about where to go with the pick and roll and who to guard. So that's one concern I have about him. Zach Levine would definitely improve them offensively um, and defensively. It would make Denver, who's kind of having a... uh, not a disappointing year because they're still up there and I still think they'll be there when it comes time, but just not one of those top teams like a lot of people projected them to be. So uh, a lot of injuries to deal with too, but with Jokic being an all-star starter and we just saw what Jamal Murray can do, dropping 50 with no free throws attempted, that is that is a... a good, a good trade. I think that one and the um, Vucevic one would be the make the most sense out of those two, uh, or out of those four that w- could happen. So I I don't I don't like the Bam and Miles Turner one. I already said that one. I don't like the uh, what was the first one? I'm already drawing a blank. Sorry, I exited out. But it obviously wasn't that good. I can't even remember it. So. Those are my thoughts on the NBA trade deadline. They'll still be cool. Who else makes some moves? There's rumored that Cousins won, or there was talks of Cousins going to the Lakers. I've since seen that there's no further things, and it's very unlikely that will happen, so that doesn't seem likely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, why, why I'm thinking about it, just want to give a short little prayer to, not prayer, but... You know, hope that Tiger Woods is doing okay. Brutal car crash today, and obviously don't know the specifics, but you hope that his career doesn't end like that after what he uh, came back from. He still was playing decent golf, um, obviously not when he was in his prime, but you just hate to see anyone's career be ended on something that wasn't on the court or they didn't retire for it. So hope he gets doing good. Hope you guys are doing good. Um, Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just trying to stay on top of things. A baseball season coming up. The uh, spring training is in session. A lot of most teams have reported by now to their spring training complexes. And that is going on. So baseball season will be coming on soon. The second half of the NBA schedule will be released. We have the All-Star game. We have the draft, NBA or NFL draft, NFL free agency. So there's still things to talk about, like we've always said. It's just, um, you know, sometimes it's not. It's better to save these topics that happen for one 
big episode, an hour-long episode. Instead, just getting together to talk for 30, 40 minutes at a time about one or two topics. I just wanted to hop on today because of the All-Star Reserves being announced and, you know, Russell Wilson and then a little bit more of the Deshaun Watson updates. But we'll be back on uh, probably Friday again, another episode on Friday, if not uh, Monday. So thank you guys for coming and listening. Really appreciate all of your support. We hope you guys keep tuning in. Remember to go on Instagram or Twitter, wherever you are, follow us and tweet at us, post at us, get involved so we can read off some of your uh, comments and be more connected with you. And with that, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Sports Bell. Follow us on our social media to stay up to date while you're not listening. And be sure to tune in to the next episode. Y'all take it easy. I'm out.